Cheers! Kampai! Salute! Gambe! Skull! Prost! Hello, and welcome to the Drunken Storytellers podcast, where I tell folk tales and folklore from around the globe. So sit back, grab yourself a drink, and enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to episode 22 of the Drunken Storyteller. This week's episode is going to be a little bit short and sweet. Um, I've had very little time to look into anything recently, uh, so I just thought I'd throw up a very quick one just to keep, you know, the bi-weekly release going so I don't fall off the uh, the bandwagon, so to speak. He says, quite clearly, being an alcoholic. <laughs> well, not an alcoholic, but you know what I mean. I like my drink. And so on with that, in, in a very unimaginative style. Oh, I have the same alcohol as I did in the last episode. I've got Northern Monk Faith. And it has very little to do with today's topic. Uh, because I'm lazy. <laughs> yeah. So uh, today's topic is going to be a very brief chat about the creature known as the Wolver. This is a nice werewolf of uh, Shetland. Uh, and after that, I'm going to give you a flyby name drop of a few other werewolf stories from around the globe. So kind of the reason I'm doing the Wolver is it's kind of the result of a competition I ran during the Vessen game, which I did with Ice Sedgwick, James Shakeshaft, Tom uh, and Mark Norman of the Folklore Podcast on Friday the 13th. Ooh, spooky. I think it went quite well. We had a lot of fun and I was able to give away three PDF copies of the game and a physical copy by asking people to identify the Shetland creature who liked fish or like the nice Shetland creature who had something to do with fish and uh, the correct answer was the wolver. Uh, Most people got it right, a few people didn't but it was all a bit of fun and there was a massive thanks to Free League for um, helping with that and, and giving me access to those to give away so thank you Free League for that. I do have more games planned, but at the moment marathon training seems to be taking over my life, hence the reason why this is probably going to be short, and I've not really planned much of this. Um, my body's beginning to hate what I'm doing to it at the moment. The next game that is planned uh, is Alien. Uh, that's going to be fun. I've got players lined up. We'll be doing character sorting out soon, but we're going to be running the mini-campaign Destroyer of Worlds, which is frigging epic. Um, we will be diving back into Vampire as well at some point, and we'll be doing Kids on Tour again at some point. Uh, what, not Kids on Tour, I can't remember what it's called. But uh, the thing that Ben kindly ran for me, we'll, we'll dive into that again at some point. Um, but yeah, on with the marathon. As always, there's a link to both the charity and my Just Giving link uh, down below where you can help me raise money for them. Where they're looking to end 5% of cancers caused worldwide by HPV. Um, If you want to laugh at me, there is a video on YouTube of me failing at a run. Um, So if you go over to the Drunken Storyteller on YouTube, you can watch me fail at trying to do a 25k run. Because screw the weather, basically. Not designed for humidity, he says, after living seven years in Japan. So anyway, who is the Wolver? So let's get into that. So who or what is the Wolver? So the answer to that question is kind of a little bit controversial. Well, the question itself is a little bit controversial, I suppose. And before I kind of get into the controversy behind it, let's 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 kind of delve into a little bit of a description of who and what it is. 
So it's said to be a half-man, half-wolf creature, so not your stereotypical werewolf uh, that changes shape, um, but he's someone who's literally generally man-body, wolf-head, or half-man, half-wolf. It's generally seen as quite a nice and well-behaved creature, staying out of people's way and causing no harm, living up alone in its little cave. There are stories, and I put that in quotation marks, of it being kind to people and leaving fish on the windowsill of poor people and, and helping lost travellers. And if it said if you catch sight of this lonesome creature, you will likely see it fishing on a rock on the Shetland Islands uh, called the Wolver's Stain. There are mentions that the Wolver will sit outside your house uh, paying its respects as well if your family is suffering from illness or bereavement. So you see, it's quite a nice werewolf-esque creature. It's quite a nice beastie. Um, I'm not too sure on the werewolf classification really on this other than it's like half man half wolf it kind of more sounds a bit like a wildman of the woods kind of thing kind of like wildman wildman of the Shetland Isles there's not many woods on the Shetland Isles anymore kind of a bit like the wood roses of Norfolk and Suffolk in a way like that kind of wild man-esque thing but nicer than the wood rose Um, I do have plans to do an episode on the wood rose at some point so I won't go into that here So why is there controversy over this little creature, or big creature, because it's half man, half wolf? The issue arises with most of the tales that we have of it are still generally passed down through the oral tradition. The first mention of it um, that I seem to be able to find, again, not done much research into it, but all the bits that I read kind of pointed out that this was the earliest written source of the folklore. Um, and that is the book titled Shetland Traditional Law, published in 1933 by Jesse Saxby. And for a first time publishing a story, it being published in 1933 seems a, a little bit late to me, where most most kind of folkloric stories were written down in like late Victorian times, like late 1800s and stuff. So mm. now... The issue with this it comes in that I don't own a copy of this book and it's not available in the public domain. So I don't know truly what is said in this book. Um, there are excerpts that you can read on things like Wikipedia and people's blogs and stuff, but I don't want to trust those because I've not read the book. So with this being 1933 and this being the first kind of official folk lore connection of the Wolver and the Wolfman story, um, the question arises is, did Saxby invent the Wolver? Um, and there are people who say that she did, um, and there are a few who say that it could, um, that the Wolver is a real folklore story and it could be related to a real person with some kind of medical disease. Um, one one idea put forward is that of the hunt, of Hunter syndrome, this can cause facial hair to become coarse, uh, a pronounced forehead, flattening of the bridge of the nose and swelling of the tongue. It is a very, very rare disease and can be very fatal um, to people of the young ages in, in very, very rare cases. Another another example that it could be of a, of a disease, it could be somebody with hypertrichosis, which is sometimes nicknamed werewolf syndrome. It's basically um, the syndrome that uh, leads to excessive hair growth. There's a guy, there's quite a famous model in China, a guy in China who who has this, and he is very, very hairy. 
but then beyond this, so the kind of people who say that Saxby invented her story, before Saxby wrote the book, um, there were a few things that were published about the etymology of the name Wolver, because the name did exist before Saxby wrote the book, but it existed in place names. And so there is Jacob Jacobson and John Spence, and they talk about a place called Wolvershul. And they use some linguistic tricks to tie this back to um, Old Norse and to Elf. So proponents of this claim that Saxby misinterpreted the name Wolvershul, not knowing that it was basically a fairy's name and that Wolvershul is basically fairy's hill. Yeah, so there's that kind of little bit of controversy there. Did she invent it? Did she misinterpret it? And that's as far as I'm going to take it. That's as far as I'm looking into it. Um, so is the Wolver a real folklore creature passed down through oral tradition and only written down in 1933? Or is it a misinterpretation of an old nurse, nurse, an old Norse word for elf or fairy? Answers on the postcard to my Twitter, please. So, yeah, that's, that's the Scottish uh, wolfman werewolf folklore misinterpretation creature known as the Wolver. So, uh, as as this is literally like only taking me ten minutes to say that, um, what other what other werewolves have we got to, to quick fire at you? Kind of let's let's have a quick fire round of a few weird werewolves or wolf stories from around the world. Again, not going to go into details in these, and some of these I am going to go into detail in later lep- later episodes. But I need to do a little bit more than ten minutes. Come on, you know me. I like to ramble and 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 go around the, go around the houses. So, um, yeah, let's have a quick look at these. We're going to start off by staying in the UK. So we're, we're at the north of Scotland at the moment, like kind of quite far north Scotland, the northern islands of the Shetland Isles and Orkney. And we're going to come down. We're going to come down through Scotland. And we're going to go to North England. We're going to go to a town called Hull. And they have a, a wolf creature called Old Stinker. And it's a large creature that stalks the hills and woods around the city of Hull. And it carries around a putrid smell, hence the name, though that could just be Hull. Again, again, it's not technically a werewolf, as there is no shape-shifting involved, um, and he's just a mahusive wolf-like creature uh, that may have a human face. Popping over to Ireland, we have the Fowley, um, and I'm guessing that's the pronunciation, and the Wolves of Ossery. The Fowley is a little bit like the Wolver. Um, they're kind of a group of, of werewolves and, and, and wolf creatures and things. And the only scene is quite nice, though they're not always nice. And then we have the Wolves of Ossery, which are basically a bunch of murderous mercenary werewolves who hire themselves out to kings and fight alongside the king's armies, which is kind of cool. I will do a full episode, I think, on Irish werewolves, as there's a lot of really cool shit out there about them. Um, so I'm not going to go any further than that on those, because um, there's lots about the foul play. And we're going to hop on a boat now, and we're going to go over to mainland Europe, where we have probably one of the most famous werewolf stories, and that's the Beast of Gévaudan. And again, this will be looked at in a later episode, because it's quite a well-known story. Um, but basically, on a short short of it, it's a big ass wolf that eats French people in the Providence of Providence on the province of Gévaudan. That's somewhere central, I think. I don't know. It's it's renamed something else now. It's not Gévaudan anymore. But anyway, uh, if we go further south and we head a little bit east, 
uh, we go to Greece, where we get the name Lycanthrope from. Uh, so Lycanthrope is the kind of condition of being a werewolf. Um, and Lycanthrope, through various kind of etymology, linguistic things, comes from Zeus uh, turning King Lycaon into a wolf for being a dick and trying to serve Zeus, Zeus human flesh. If we now, instead of going further south, we're going to turn around and we're going to go north. Uh, we're going to head to Norway and Iceland, where we have that epitomous saga known as the Volsunga saga. Uh, again, we're popping into this for all of one line. Uh, here we have Sigmund and Sinfjotli, uh, who find two magic wolf pelts uh, that turn the wearers into wolves for ten days. I think I've mentioned this before in the podcast, and I can't quite remember where. So, we, we're done with Europe. Uh, we're going to get into our little boat again. And this time we're going to head thousands of miles west and a little bit south. Actually, you know, probably quite a lot south from Norway. Uh, we're going to head to Mexico. This is where we kind of clutch at straws a little bit about the connection to werewolves. We're going to we're gonna meet a little uh, a thing called the narwhal, or narwhal. This one is kind of more of a specific shapeshifter than specifically a werewolf. Um, it is kind of seen as a guardian spirit that resides in an animal. And I may come back to these one day. I may look at um, Mexican and Incan and Mayan mythology at some point because some of it's really, really cool. But yeah, it's a shapeshifter. Guardian spirits exist within animals and certain people can access these and turn themselves into these Nahual. But yeah, so uh, next we're going to take our last final sojourn. We're going to go south uh, and we're going to take various stops on the way. We're going to pop into Uruguay, Paraguay, Brazil and Argentina where they all have a creature that is known as the Luison. Uh, this creature has... Well, the modern idea of this creature has come from an amalgamation of South American and European stories, mainly Portuguese, uh, and the belief that the seventh son of a family of only boys will turn into a luson if a full moon falls on a Friday. And again, we're seeing that seventh son thing popping up again that occasionally appears in a lot of magical contexts within European ideas. Originally, the Luison was not a wolf creature in South America, but it comes from the Guarani legends of Paraguay. Uh, it was basically just a horrendous-looking creature, one of the seven monsters of the Guarani legends. But when Europeans turned up, uh, it morphed into a half-man, half-wolf-like creature. And so there you go. Uh, very, very brief tour de force of various werewolves and werewolf-like myths from around the world. Sorry for the short episode this week, and for it not being dark and spooky like I promised. Way too much going on at the moment to really kind of think and plan things out properly. Uh, so, uh, uh, for next episode, I'm not going to make any promises on what it's going to be. I've got loads of ideas that I want to do, but I don't know what it's going to be yet. Might only decide on the day before. But there will be one in two weeks, if if I haven't killed myself with marathon training. I've got five weeks left. Just over five weeks left. Ugh. So I think that's it. So uh, yeah, anyway, do all that usual stuff that I usually say at the end of these, like follow me on Spotify and Apple and blah, blah, blah. See me over at Darker Days Radio, blah, blah, blah. And all that is left for me to say is the drink has not run dry at all because this is a short episode. But uh, I hope you enjoyed that. And goodbye, my friends. <laughs>